0: All right, guys, now we're ready for the ministry of the Word of God. So uh, before d- we do that, let's just pray. Father, we uh, come to you once again. We uh, thank you, Lord, for the just the amazing sense of your presence. And uh, and now, Lord, we, uh, we also, a very important thing is for us to know what the truth is, the, the truth of the Word of God. So as we approach the Word of God, we ask you that you will pour out your spirit and refresh our hearts and refresh, touch everything uh, about us that, uh, you know, our emotion, our minds, our hearts and uh, everything that we are so that we may be able to somewhat comprehend the truth that is contained in your word because it is the only thing that will transform us, Father. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We're going to start by reading from um, the Gospel of John. Uh, I would like to read from the John chapter 17. And we'll begin from verse 11. And Jesus said, this is the prayer of Jesus to the Father. And he said, and I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the Son of Destruction, and that scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. So uh, my uh, the title of my sermon this morning is the Prevailing Truth. That's the title. I think it is It is important. I touched it a bit. Last week, I preached on, on, on the three points that Jesus gave to the disciples when he uh, comforted them. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one go, comes to the Father except through me. And uh, the point I was making that Jesus embodied the three, those three points. He is the way. He said, I am. He is the truth. And he said, I am the life. And I pointed out how in, uh, in some of the teaching of Jesus, he presented himself, or even as John presented, in him was life in the, in the beginning where John said, in him was life and the life shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend him. I think this is important. We're going to focus on this point, the truth, and it is important because in our current situation, where all kinds of philosophy, all kinds of things, and we are caught in the middle of this difficult situation, and uh, and believers, not just people in the world, but believers get confused about the truth, and and they get caught up into all kinds of. Silly things like be, this, this uh, COVID nineteen. You know, some people, some Christians, even ministers would would get caught up in this whole thing of uh, uh, what's conspiracy theory and all those things. And I even noticed in, in in some of the social media, some people, some ministers would preach on the antichrist and just talk about even Bill Gates as the antichrist. I, I don't I don't know what what the heck they were talking about. But here's my point, all right? Yes, the Bible talks about the Antichrist, but as a disciple of Jesus, I'm going to focus on the Christ, not the Antichrist, but I'm going to focus on the Christ that lives in me. As a matter of fact, John said when in the first epistle of John, he said, The Antichrist is coming and it is here now. So it's been like that from the time the New Testament was written. So let's just get our focus on what God has given us, okay? And uh, so, as I said before, Jesus as described by John as the, the embodiment of what the truth is. Many people try to define truth. It is my truth, it is your truth. No, no, there's no such thing as that. There's only one truth. Jesus Christ is the truth. Now, just to give you the context, the Gospel of John is... The writer of the Gospel of John, John, the beloved disciple, the guy who probably the closest man ever walked, the closest to Jesus ever walked on the face of the earth during Jesus' ministry on the earth. He wrote his Gospel not at the beginning of his ministry, but at the end of his life. So uh, one, theolo- one theologian, I think it was uh, uh, Gordon Fee, he said, John wrote his Gospel after experience everything with Jesus, and the end of his life, as he was meditating, looking back to what Jesus did, it was like the penny drop. Oh, wow. So this is who Jesus really is. That's why when you read, you compare the Gospel of John to the Gospel, the other Gospels, like Matthew and Luke began with uh, with uh, 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 what's the descendants, what do you call it? Uh, the uh, genealogy. the uh, g- genealogy of Jesus. Verse John, he began with a, what we call the prologue and describing who Jesus really is. And if I can sum up, the Gospel of John, John pretty much describes the essence of who Jesus really is. And he began with the with prologue. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And the conclusion of that prologue, which is in verse 18, John chapter 1, verse 18, the conclusion of that, I believe, is probably the heart of the gospel of John, of the whole gospel of John, because in that, John, John made a statement in chapter 1, verse 18, No one has seen God at any time but the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared Him. As if to say, that's it, guys. It was like this is how I'm gonna present Jesus. And after that, then John started to from from then on to all the way to verse 12, chapter 12, John presented the ministry of Jesus, and then from chapter 13 all the way to chapter 17, then John presented the last moments between Jesus and the disciples. I love this 13 to 17 because. You know, before people actually say goodbye, you know, whatever they say, or before they die, whatever they say during that time is the most important thing. So I think it will do, will do us all a good thing to actually focus on what Jesus said in the last moments with the disciples. And this is the thing here uh, the, uh, the that we want to focus on, what it means to to believe in the truth. And if I can also say, one of the probably, probably the, the main themes in the Gospel of John is this, the truth. That word is the word that occurs in, in Matthew only once. In Mark, only three times. The occurrence in, in, in Luke, only three. But in the Gospel of John is... 27 times (laughs) and almost all the occurrences in the Gospel of John either imply or or explaining that Jesus embodies that very word truth and the most explicit one is in that chapter that we discussed last week in chapter 14 verse 6, he says, "I am the truth." Yeah. So but here's the point. Not only that Jesus embodied the truth, but he promised in, in try to comfort uh, the disciples, he didn't say that, that he didn't just say that he is the truth, but he promised the Holy Spirit the comforter, and he named the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. And his job is to lead us into all truth. Like I said, in the world where many claims, there are many claims from different religions to know the truth. But, it, but like Jesus said, the spirit of truth will lead us into all truth. It takes the spirit of truth, truth to lead us and to reveal the truth. I like the way Paul describes it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse uh, 10 to 11. He said, For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. I love that. That's crazy. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. And then verse 11, he said, For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now here's the thing. Why the truth? Why would the Spirit focus on the truth? John chapter, chapter 8, verse 31. This is what Jesus said to the disciples. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Verse 32. Listen to this. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's why we need to know the truth. If, if I look at those two verses, there are two things that are, that that often we just say the truth will set us free and becomes a it has become a, almost like a catchphrase in, in our Christian Christendom. but the thought before that, Pretty much what Jesus is saying is this, you will know the truth, and uh, if you abide in me, truly, you you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth. From those two verses, this is what I believe Jesus is saying. The, uh, The disciple of Jesus or the people of God are defined by the truth. It's the truth that defines us. number one, number two. It is the truth of God that God's people are preserved. So let's go back to the passage and we'll just talk. I'm not, not going to spend too much time, but there's some points here. In the passage that we read from uh, John 17, verse 11, Jesus said to the Father, I'm not going to be in the world again. I'm, I'm going now. And he said, in verse 14, he said, Because I have given them the word, they are not of the world. That confirms my point that what separates the people of God from the world is the truth of the word of God. The truth defines us as God's people. So that's verse 14. And verse 15, he said, Now this is interesting. He said, God, I'm not, Father, he said, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. In other words, to save them from the world. No, 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 no. They're gonna be in the world. What, but, but, but while they are in the world and not of it, just like I am not of the world, I'm gonna ask you two things. Set them apart, set them apart. Number one. Number two, that you will preserve them. Why? So that they may retain the essence, their essence as your people. How, and this is the point, How how is God going to do that? And this is the, the, the request of Jesus. And he actually said, you preserve them by your truth. It's, it's like Jesus almost like repeat this whole thing again, how important the truth is. Your people will be preserved. They will retain their essence as your people by the truth. And then he he clarifies He's understanding what the truth is. He said, your word is truth. The title of my sermon is this. The word of God, the truth, is the truth that prevails. That's what it does. That's it. My question is, is it prevailing in our lives? So when you look at that is the truth of the word of God and that is me, there has to be a connection between the prevailing truth and who I am. And because of that, here's the thing. For me to, to make the connection between the truth and myself, the truth and myself, I have to submit to the truth. You know, our world is driven by many other things but the truth of the word of God. And it it will cost us something to live by the truth. And we have to make a choice. Number one, okay, let's be practical here. Okay? The truth and me. For there, has to be, for, there, for there to be a connection and engagement, guess what? Now, the first thing I have to do is to read the truth. <laughs> the word of God. Okay, number one. Because I, if I don't read it, there's no engagement. That is the first protocol. I wanna encourage all of us. Every day, you don't have to read the whole whatever. Look, like Some people can, some people can't. I mean, I've made it a habit after 40 years, 42 years being saved, I've made it a habit every day I read the Word of God. And I read a lot. But any one of us can read one chapter, just read. Here's what the Bible says. The Word of God is like a seed in our hearts. If you, if you, every time you read it, you plant it in our hearts. And like Paul describes, I plant Apollos, both of them are are preachers, I plant Apollos' waters, but God gives the increase. So, there are two responsibilities here from two, two different parties. The planting and the watering and the increase. Many of God's people looking for the increase of the Word of God or increase of the truth in, the, in, in their hearts, but they never plant the seed in their hearts. So they said, "God, I need to be, I need to be, <laughs> to be uh, changed by the truth," but they never actually planted the truth of the Word of God in. in, in. And God said, "Have you planted any seed in your heart of the truth?" And the Holy Spirit, have you? Because here's the thing, like Jesus said, I send you the Spirit, and the Spirit is going to lead you into that truth. So you ask the Holy Spirit, turn around to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, guide me here. The Holy Spirit said, have you given yourself to the truth? Have you surrendered to the truth? Have you engaged with the truth of the Word of God? I've got nothing to work with. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to plant it and water it and I will give the increase. In this difficult time, more than any other time, we need to plant the truth of the Word of God in our hearts. Not only plant it in our hearts, we need to submit to it, and let the Holy Spirit guide us into that truth. I want to read this scripture, a powerful scripture. This is from Daniel chapter 11. Like I preached a few weeks ago, how Daniel was in captivity. Okay? He was taken captive, not because of his sin, but because of the sin of the nation. But the point I was making is this. The people of God can be in captivity, but the truth of God cannot be captive. This is how powerful it is. And in that captivity, Daniel became second, probably the most trusted man in Babylonian empire, trusted by the emperor. And in that moment, he he actually engaged with God many times, and God gave him revelation. And in one of the revelations, Daniel was prophesying about the coming tumultuous time in that region. The Alexander the Great would come after the Babylonian empire, Persian, and then... Other emperor would, would come and just, it's gonna be chaotic. But he wrote this, okay? He said, The people who know their God in the midst of the, this tumultuous time, the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. He said, Where well, there's gonna be chaos, war in, in, in those situations. He said, but the people who know their God will stand firm and take action. In times like this, my question is, how much do we know God? How much do we know the truth? Because it is the truth that will preserve us, the truth that will set us free. No other truth, not whatever you think the truth is, is the truth of the Word of God. Like I said, so let's make it our commitment, just in a simple way, every day, just plant the seed of the truth of the Word of God in our hearts. So it's not your truth, it's not my truth, their truth; it's the truth, Jesus Himself. We submit to the truth of Your Word, Lord Jesus. There's only one truth, no other truth. That one truth, Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. And I pray for our people, anyone who is listening to, to this recording, or to this presentation, Lord Jesus. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch them and lead them to the truth of the Word of God. I pray, Father, Lord, I break any sense of deception, Lord Jesus, that is, that is brought into this world by the devil himself. I break the deception. I pray that the truth of the word of God will prevail in the hearts and the minds of every listener. If you don't know Jesus today, the Bible says he is the embodiment of truth. Now you can give your, your just say, Jesus, I want you. I'll give my life to you. And if you know Jesus, you need to grow in Jesus. The only way to grow in Jesus is being led by the Holy Spirit that will lead you into the Word of God. God bless you. As a matter of fact, let me just pray this prayer. Just in case some of you listening haven't given your heart to the Lord. But you can do it now. Let me get a prayer. You can pray after me. Just copy my prayer. a pray from your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you because I need you I want to know the truth I believe when you say the truth will set me free I will be free indeed there are so many issues I have in my life Lord but now I receive your truth first I receive you as the embodiment of truth and I give myself to you I submit myself to you I love you Jesus you are the savior of the world and you are my savior forgive me for my sins Lord and I believe that you wash my sins away as I confess this I love you Jesus thank you Father Bless you and we'll see you next week.